0: Hello, and welcome to episode number 315 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Bitches Trashy Books. With me today is Alexa Martin. Today we are going to talk to a debut author, that would be Alexa Martin, about her upcoming book, Intercepted, which comes out on the 11th of September. Intercepted is very much inspired by Alexa Martin's own life as the spouse of an NFL player. And by her affectionate love of The Real Housewives and her very real friends from various NFL team communities. We talk about her start as a writer in Pitch Wars, her rewrites of the original story, and her own experiences which found their way into the book. We talk about being an NFL wife and get a behind-the-scenes account of what that's like. And we go into one of my favorite parts of her book, her fantasy nightclub slash bar for women, which... You have no idea how much I wish it was real. A lot of our discussion is about friendship, especially the ways her friendships influenced the foundation of Intercepted and influenced the characters that surround her heroine, Marley. I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you enjoy it as well. This podcast episode is brought to you by Wind River Lawmen by Lindsay McKenna. Former Navy medic Dawson Callahan thought he left the war behind him when he settled into the wide open spaces of Wind River Valley in Wyoming. But when Sheriff Sarah Carter asks for Dawson's help with the incursion of a drug cartel into the once peaceful valley, Dawson considers it his duty to rid his new home of any threat. Wind River Lawman from bestselling author Lindsay McKenna is on sale now wherever books are sold and at kensingtonbooks.com. Every podcast episode, as I'm sure you know, gets a transcript compiled by Garlic Knitter. Thank you, Garlic Knitter. And this week's podcast transcript is sponsored by Undue Influence by Jenny Holiday. This male-male retelling of persuasion will appeal to Jane Austen fans, but can also be enjoyed by anyone who might be allergic to the 19th century. Celebrity chef Freddie Wentworth has begrudgingly returned to the town of his youth where his sister has bought a down-at-heels vineyard in a foreclosure auction. Adam Elliott is crushed that the family vineyard has been lost and heartbroken when the sale forces him to confront the biggest mistake he ever made, forsaking Freddie, his first and only love. As a young man, Adam was too easily swayed by his status-obsessed family and by his best friend, Rusty, who thought Freddie wasn't good enough for him. This slow burn romance contains a yippy dog named Mr. Collins, wine slushies, and a serious dose of angst. For more information and a two-chapter excerpt, visit jennyholiday.com slash UndoInfluence. We have a podcast Patreon. Can I tell you about it? Cool. It'll only take a second. If you have supported the show with a monthly pledge of any amount, thank you so much. If you would like to join the Patreon community, have a look at patreon.com smartbitches. You will help keep the show going each week, and you help make sure each episode is available to everyone in every possible format. Monthly pledges start at a dollar a month, and you would also be part of the group who helps me develop questions for upcoming interviews and suggest guests as well. I also want to thank some of the Patreon folks personally. So to Elizabeth, Kathleen, V, Sarah Jane, and Dorothy, Thank you for being part of the podcast Patreon. Are there other ways to support the show? You bet there are. Easy. You can leave a review wherever you listen or however you listen. You can tell a friend. You can subscribe. Whatever works. But if I'm in your eardrums right now, thank you very much for hanging out with me. I'm honored to be here. Coming up at the end of the show, I will have information about the music that you are probably listening to or at least wondering if you can hear it it's you know it's called a bed isn't that great I think it's a cool term so the bed is the music that plays under my voice and I have to drop the volume and then raise it up which is why I try not to use music that has lyrics in it because then there's going to be words conflicting with the words that I'm trying to say but anyway if you're curious about the bed of music that you're hearing I will have information at the end of the episode as to who this is I will also have a super terrible horrible joke it's so bad And I will have a preview of what's coming up on the website next week. In the podcast show notes at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast, I will have information about the books that we discuss, plus links where you can find Alexa Martin and her book and her upcoming books. This is the first of a new trilogy. But enough of me talking. I'm going to elevate the volume of the music playing behind me. And then we're going to start an interview. On with the podcast.
1: I am Alexa Martin. Um my first book intercepted is coming out in September with Berkeley. Yay. Yay. Um I am a other than writing. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I have 4 kids and um I'm married to my husband who was in the NFL for 8 years and was part of the inspiration behind my book. Um I don't know if there's much else to tell about me <laughs> <Is> that's <laughs> interesting.
0: So the obvious first question here is what led you to writing Intercepted? Where did you get the inspiration for your book? I'm gonna take a long shot and guess like your life.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> basically. Well, except for it's definitely not like fully based. It's like my life meets like a very dramatic e-reality show. Um, it's definitely not a lot of stuff that happens to me. Um, I actually started writing intercepted like five years ago. And um, it was a totally different book then than what you'll be reading. Uh, I was like, I don't want to write about football. It's boring. Nobody wants to read about (laughs) football. And so I was like, no. And I, um, I tried out for Pitch Wars, which is a writing contest that I found through Twitter where you submit your manuscript to different mentors. And um, hopefully one will pick you and they will help polish your manuscripts and help you uh, query for an agent. And they were just like, yeah, this is kind of a hot mess. Like you have a good voice, but this is kind of a mess. And so thankfully they chose me, even though it was a disaster. They're just like, you need to pick a lane because you are all over the place right now. They're like, what do you think about making it more? Because there are still some sports in it, but not as much. And they're like, what do you think about, doing more of the sports, and I was like, I'm not sure, and then, like, I kind of thought about it and I was just, a, like, an idea popped up, and I was able to write this, like, <laughs> the first one took me, like, three years, and this one took me about two months, so wow. just kind of, like, flew out, which is probably not ever going to happen again, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I am not a very fast writer, um, but so, yeah, it was just a lot of, I would say the people that I've met kind of rolled into the good characters and a lot of the um, fun Real Housewives e-drama kind of turned into a villain type thing, and it just kind of flew out, and it was just such a fun book to write.
0: Well, it sounds like you are having a really good time. Like The tone of the book is very much, I am going to tell you the craziest story you've ever heard.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I had a lot of fun writing it. I had a lot of fun writing it. You can
0: totally tell because it is very much it, – it, it, the whole book, like there are scenes in the book where the characters are having drinks together or they're talking. But the whole book also reads like, all right, I just have to tell you this incredible story. Get three <laughs> martinis and strap in because here it comes.
1: Basically what I did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> So how did your experiences as an NFL wife play into the storyline of the book? I particularly loved the way you described it as the faux fame of being an athlete's wife, like your fame adjacent in a way.
1: Yeah, I think that was – so my husband played on, say, five different teams. Um, If I count them out, I kind of lost track because it all happened. Um, But in some of the smaller towns, it was – weird right because you're forced as like a group together um and you mm-hmm. don't know each other and especially in the smaller towns um where the fame feels bigger right like right. when he first when he played for the New York Giants like nobody knew who he was and it's hard to spot in New Jersey or New York like they're not going to see you but those other towns I remember I went to a jewelry party with my two Young children. And I walked in, and there was a camera crew there. And I was like, whoa, what is happening? They were like recording it for the news. And it was just so strange to me. Um, I was just like, why though? <laughs> why are you guys here? What's going on? And, and I remember something, the news and the guy who was interviewing, he asked like Mike to put a mic on me to interview me. I was like, no, thank you. He said, like, Why not? You'd be great. I was just like, No, thank you. Like this isn't my gig. Like that's my husband that likes to be in the spotlight. I just wanted to try on some jewelry. Um <laughs> And it was like, this thing that he was just like, oh, okay, like he, and like somebody else was just like, I will. Um, but it was just that weird balance of like, I didn't do anything like me and my husband met in high school. Like I literally was just like, yeah, sure. I'll move with you. <laughs> like, that <laughs> was all that happened. I did nothing. He went to practice every day. I didn't. So it was just, you know, kind of that weird balance. And granted, my husband was never like, um, a giant, giant name on the team. So maybe that was a difference too. It would probably be if I was married to like Peyton Manny and I'm sure that would be weird, even though I never hear any stories about his wife either. But you know, it's just <laughs> he did not not like letting it get to your head because really, I didn't do anything.
0: I love that you met your husband in high school. I also met my husband in high school, Yay. and we've been together since we were 19. And it's weird when you tell people that, right? Oh yeah,
1: my my you best like, friend hey, was just like, who marries their high school sweetheart besides the Amish? And I was like, okay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I always introduce it and I'm like,
0: listen, I am fully aware this is nauseating. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm aware. Super gross. And my husband had a mullet. Like it was a whole other world. Oh my God. That's
1: That's so funny. My husband tried to grow a rat tail. He's like, I'm going to make it come back. I was like, you're not. <laughs> no, but no, he was like, no. He really tried for a solid six months. He was trying to grow it out. I was just like, this is not the look you want to go for. But Okay. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, the rat tail has got me. (laughs) It was like,
1: what, it was 2004? I was like, why Why are you doing this?
0: (laughs) So, you guys met in high school and you've just been together since then. And he was like, you know, I'm going to go play for the NFL. And you were like, okay, whatever.
1: Yeah. Well, so obviously, we started dating when I was 15, 16. So, there was, and he. Graduated right as we started, so there was like the long distance, it was like kind of bumpy, and you know, as teenagers will do, we're very on and off with certain points, but yeah. So, when he got drafted, he was like, Do you want to come with me? And I was like, "Hmm, Okay, (laughs) yeah. So, I just moved across the country, like that was no big deal. It was, I remember being so afraid. I remember going to This one woman, and we were talking. I was just like, I'm going to meet a whole new breed of women, and I don't even know. (laughs) Because, like, I have watched The Real Housewives since Orange County season one. And so that is what I was expecting. And pleasant surprise, it was not like that. They were wonderful and lovely. And they're just like, oh, you're so small. Let me make you my little sister and put you in my pocket and (laughs) guide you. Uh
0: But there's still, right. like still like a there's still like a p a a politics of being a player's wife, right?
1: Uh yeah, I would say so. I mean, I don't think I saw it as much. I will never forget. I read an interview after my husband then boyfriend had gotten drafted. I think it was Holly Robinson Peets. And she had said something like if you're a girlfriend, sit down, you don't have the same standing as like a wife. Some I, It was a long time ago, so I don't remember the direct quote, but it was something like right. that. And I was like, what? Oh. Um, and so I'd say there's like a, maybe a few. And I think it was more or less that Well, I didn't know that first season is you just come and go, right? It's hard mm-hmm. to make these connections when people get traded or they get cut and it's hard to create those friendships. And Sometimes even more so if you're a girlfriend and you don't know if they're going to stick around, it's like investing your time to make this friendship that you don't know if it's going to last, which right. isn't necessarily something that like I ever went through. I mean, my Derek's last few seasons playing, I didn't move with him because our kids were getting older and I was like, this is too much. We're just going to stay here and I'll visit yep. you sometimes and you can come back. Um But so that wasn't even something that actually really happened to me. I was like, oh, yeah, you're nice to me. I'm nice to you. Let's be friends. We can make bracelets and bedazzle shirts. Um, (laughs) um, But, yeah, there's a little bit. And, you know, you see it with some women. But I would say they're the vast minority. That's probably
0: a good thing because Marley in the book – has some extremely interesting experiences with the wives on the team. And I'm guessing that there are a few people that you've sort of combined into these characters or, or or, or is someone from
1: like a past team going to read this and completely recognize themselves? Um, No, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, there were like, I did hear not from a person directly, but I did hear something about like, there's a one comma club and a two comma club I mean, that was kind of through the grapevines that somebody heard so-and-so say type thing. Um, But yeah, I I hope not. I mean, if they do see (laughs) themselves, it's probably them seeing themselves, not me seeing them.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Reflection is often self-directed. Yeah. So have you had any completely off-the-wall experiences with people or people who are surrounding the team? Because it seems like the players
1: they're very busy. They have a lot of things to do. Yeah. It's yeah. Surrounding them most of the time.
0: Right. You have this weird community of wives and girlfriends and children and family. And I'm assuming maybe even some parents as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I never really met many moms, um, of the parents that would come in like when they would, it was more of, yeah, I never really met many parents. Um, I would say, so my husband's first team, the team he was with the longest was Baltimore and that was like there was like a Lady Ravens where we would do charity work and we had cute matching vests, and um, oh. we would um, do that stuff, but it was one of those great groups where, even though we didn't really have much connection before, everybody just kind of melded really well, and everybody just got along, and so we'd go over to each other's houses for away games and watch them, and I think there was like a period of like like a year where like. 10 of us had babies. So we all were just like getting together with like our small children and, you know, going on walks or doing like mommy and me classes. Um, I would say Green Bay is where he played next. And that was a smaller town. And that was harder for me as well, because when I moved there, I was super pregnant. And so I didn't really, and it's very cold there. It's super cold there. Very cold there. So I didn't really go out that first year. And then the second year, like they have like tennis classes for the wives and stuff, and so I was like trying to like make friends, and I did tennis lessons, and so that was fun. But um, I think mean, there's that many like cr- the the jewelry party with the camera crew is probably like my most like off the wall story. People are like, really? <laughs> um, and it still makes me laugh when I think about it. I like walked in and like pulled a bottle of like wine out of my diaper bag, and I was like, oh, I hope you didn't have that on camera. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But what else you are you going to keep in all? your diaper bag? Yeah, I mean, keep wine in your diaper carries bag. It so much. It is so large. Why would I not put it in here? So of course.
0: And you also have this community of women who are not in control of where they may end up moving next because it's all based on, like you said, getting traded or yeah. getting cut. But you also have this experience where you you and these other women are going to understand what it's like.
1: Yeah, it's like a sorority of time. Right, like you're really the only
0: one to understand what that's like. Yeah. So um, I have a very personal question here. Does hers, does the club hers exist? And if so, where, or if you no, made it up, it do you need in investors? I know. Okay. So please tell me the, the, the background to developing this amazing idea. I have, I, I'm an introvert. I don't like to put on shoes or even real pants. Sometimes I am dying to go to this
1: place. I know I want, I want it so bad. Um, so actually I was talking to, to two of my like football wife friends. We have like a group chat going in. I think I was like randomly like oh my gosh what if we started this business and they are just like what are you talking about I was like just hear me out and they are like okay I was like it's a sports bar but for women and instead of sports there's like real housewives and then instead of beer on tap there's like skinny girl on tap and they're just like cool idea Alexa (laughs) I'm like like, okay yeah and so I was just like telling them about this and this is what I realized like I thought I used to just have, like, a lot of, like, clueless ideas that, like, would never actually come to fruition. I was like, but now I can write them. Like, I'm not a crazy person who just nope. thinks of random, th- random things. And so, um, yeah, it was just, like, a random thing when I was talking to my friends. And I was just, like, instead of, like, a shoe sign, they do your nails. And they're just like, yeah, that would be awesome but like, no. And I was like, okay. And so then that was like, I would say that was just a couple of months before I started writing this new version. And I well, was like, Ooh, it's, it's real that. now. <laughs> yeah. I loved writing hers.
0: Seriously. I, I, I don't go out. I'm not a clubby type person. Yeah. I was like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> I know exactly who would go to this place. And just the whole idea of having like a, a photo booth outside the ladies' room, so you can yeah. have a selfie bar, like a, yeah. a nail bar and a selfie bar. That's
1: brilliant. I mean, how many times do you meet people? I have so many friends that I have met in a bathroom. I don't know where they are now, but like that night, we were really good friends, and we yeah, a connection. And if we had like a selfie to share, that it probably would have gone a long way. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs>
0: So do you think that being an NFL wife and having this experience of moving from place to place has made you better able to make friends quickly and find commonalities with people?
1: No. Mm -mm. No? Interesting. I am for sure a super introvert. And when I have to meet new people, I get so anxious and nervous and like jittery. I, as long as I have one person with me, I mean, it's made me better of like, going out there, but it hasn't made it, hasn't made me less nervous doing it. Like I'll do it now. And so that's the thing, like I will put myself out there, um, where I used to not do that. So I guess kind of in a way, but, um, I definitely, it still makes me just as nervous as it ever did. I, if I have one friend with me, I'm okay. Cause I'm like, if everybody else hates me, I still have this one friend, but if I'm by myself, I am a nervous wreck.
0: So maybe what we need to do is, is find all of your venture capitalists for hers yeah. and then start these clubs and then they'll, they'll be like an introvert room. Yes, that
1: is – an introvert room in a club is literally what I've always needed and I never even knew I needed it until now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Like. When I'm at a conference or I'm at a place that's really loud, like I want a portable sensory deprivation tank so I can oh just gosh. have silence and no people for like 10 minutes to recharge. So if you had like the introvert room in the club, you could
1: just recharge all the introverts. Oh my gosh. So we'd that have such a good time. Just like Isn't a room of fun? like pods where you could just like zip yes. it and just nothing. Right? Yeah. I will charge my phone. I will charge my brain. Nobody yeah. talk to me. It's <laughs> charging so,
0: Oh, I would love it. Yeah. What um, what does your husband think of the of the novel? And are your kids? I mean, some of your children are old enough to be aware of it. I'm presuming that they haven't read it.
1: No, they have not. My oldest is ten. Um, yeah, my husband hasn't read it either yet. I mean, he's oh been my all behind it. Um, but I haven't like given it to him. I've never like <laughs> he's never asked, and I've never like pushed it. I've always just kind of been like, yeah. <laughs> i'm sure he'll read it eventually um but no he hasn't yet and my kids they have mixed emotions about it like sometimes they think it's really cool but they like to guilt me now they're just like all you ever do is write your book all you ever do is care about your book and go yes and so They don't say this much anymore because I go, You never care when dad leaves. Dad leaves all the time. Is it because I'm a girl? Girls do that <laughs> too. Mom's allowed to stay home. I can have a job. And they're like, okay, I'm sorry. And I'm like, yeah, dad leaves. <laughs> you do not say anything. Probably because I'm I, I'm more of a pushover than dad. It's just probably the thing. <laughs> but they like telling like their friends, and I think they've like told their teacher that I write, but still like my boys, like their dad played football and has two Super Bowl rings and so he's still way cooler than me, apparently. Whatever. It's
0: the ring that makes it just, just like, yeah, I can't compete with that.
1: I can't at all. There's no competing. Um they yeah, there's nothing to compete with. I was just like, But look at your names are in the beginning of my book and they're like, Yeah, cool.
0: <laughs> Whatever.
1: Dad's is shiny. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so when your husband does read the book, because he has to, yeah, what do you
1: think uh his reaction might be? I don't know. I mean, I think <laughs> I have no idea. I think he'll be pretty. Imp- I think he'll just be impressed, honestly, because
0: I've well, done like impressive. a lot of
1: yeah. That like I just I wrote a book. I think he'll just he's he's been very supportive and he's like very proud of me for like doing this because again I wrote the first one for a very long time and he's probably like yeah sure you're gonna write a book. Oh. <laughs> so the fact that, like I've done it, and now I've just like finished up the third one, like he's just impressed that I've done so it. There
0: are two more,
1: yes, two more. It's a series of three, like interconnected,
0: so, so book one is Marley mm-hmm. And Gavin, what are book two and book three? Um, tell me about book. You can just, two. just summarize the whole plot. Oh, well. Okay.
1: yeah, <laughs> I'm <That's> kidding. <laughs> I'm really good at talking about what I've read. Well, so book two is um, Poppy and TK and you don't see Poppy in the first book, but you see TK briefly. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a second chance um, romance. Mm. Um, yeah. It's, and I would say I had a lot of fun writing book one and I would say book two was like more like heart like there's like a bigger group of women which are scenes that I love writing. I love writing like the f- scenes between like the girlfriends. So it's like more of the the nice wives and the wicked wives. And I would say it touches <laughs> on some like harder topics in the NFL like with you know the concussions and all that stuff as well. Um and then book three is Bryn's book. Um so Bryn and Maxwell. Bryn is the owner of hers. And the first ones. And so she gets her book as the last one. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind so, of like enemies, friends to lovers. There's a lot going on, I feel like. <laughs>
0: fabulous. Yeah. How are you um, writing and and dealing with, um, I almost said, how are you tackling, which is so very predictable. Honey. The, I, yeah, exactly. How how are you um You sort of grappling with CTE and concussions and the long-term health problems of, of football players in the series can you talk about that or is it still in development
1: um I mean it's still I'm working on edits I just I feel like for me personally I love sports romances but it's never something it's not very romantic to talk about the like possibility of like early death or your spouse completely having a Personality change and not recognizing them at all by the time they're fifty or you know, but I also feel like there's like a responsibility, like seeing what I've seen and knowing what I've known and to not talk about it and mm-hmm. to not have it be like for me personally and our family, like we haven't let our boys play tackle football yet um. Mm-hmm personal decision I'm people I have friends that their kids start playing in kindergarten totally up to them we are like maybe we were like you can do it in sixth grade and now our son is in fifth grade and we're like maybe eighth grade
0: (laughs) what's his take on that
1: you okay Um, with that, or is he like very upset with us it is a point of contention every single year we let him play flag football and um he's like but my friends play tackle He's like, you just don't believe in me. And I'm like, we do believe in you. You are a great athlete, but it's just, we would like your brain to be a little more developed before we start these hits. I mean, he plays soccer and obviously there's dangers in every sports and he plays basketball, he plays flag football. You can get hits, it's an elbow or a soccer ball and you know, you never know what can happen. It's just something we're waiting for. And so that is also something that just, you know, it comes up in the book. It's when you see the stuff, I think there's Serena Williams did a documentary on HBO. Um, and she said that she doesn't want her daughter to ever play tennis. And I just think that's kind of the same thing. Like when you see something from the inside, it's never as pretty as it is from the outside. Um, so we're just like trying, we're like, but soccer and golf. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we'll see. I don't, In the book, it's just a lot of, the worries that comes with like being um, a girlfriend or a spouse and maybe seeing little changes and like worrying, like if that is mm-hmm. like an indication of something bigger to come, yeah. I would say.
0: I know in the book that Marley's friends are extremely important to her and are a major part of her romance. Um, and, and you mentioned that you really liked writing the scenes between all of the women were some of the stories based on you know experiences or people you know, and
1: have your friends read your book? yeah, actually, a few of my like they sent arcs to some of like the wags um, <laughs> a, few, a few of my friends have had the book, and they loved it. I would say that like her friends are kind of all of my friends rolled up into these characters uh. um i don't i they're just the most fun for me i love I love. The strong female friendship, and I would say like writing the wicked wives was probably the hardest part for me because I did have such great experiences um mm-hmm. but yeah, I would say Naomi and Brand are for sure just like the women that I've met, and especially in book two, I'd say more of that like there's like specific people that are like specific characters in these books that like I just had great experiences with um, but I would say Naomi is like, everybody that I've known, like, rolled into one. <laughs> like One
0: lovely character. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what do you think are some of the elements to to writing the scenes with Marley and her friends that you liked the best? What parts of writing those scenes did you enjoy?
1: I just think they're so fun. I love, like, going out with my girlfriends, and I love the support they can offer. I think that it's – I don't think that anybody can have – a story that's just them and the like love interest right like you go back and you tell your friends these things like they're a part of your story as well like I when me and my husband even though it was forever ago started dating like I remember like telling my friends like oh my gosh he asked me out and I remember (laughs) going with them and you know talking with them obviously we were too young to go to bars and all that fun stuff however if there were (laughs) there was a place like a lot of margaritas in the mix and so being able to write that I don't know I just think having somebody strong and supportive is just so important and like for that balance I think that was a big thing for intercepted for me as well was for her to have a balance in her life because Mm -hmm. it can be so easy especially in like the NFL world to totally fall into their world and not have it like the faux fame and you know you're just totally wrapped up in them mm-hmm. and so it was important for me for marley to have her friends to keep her outside of just like tumbling back into that world and not mm-hmm. having her own like thought not thoughts i don't want to say that um but you know just like having her own life where it's not totally revolving around this guy and his career like she still had something and they keep her kind of focused on that
0: I did really like that about her that she has she has this really interesting start where she's this incredibly confident and very smart woman. Like she can read a room so yeah. fast and knows exactly how to push people's buttons yeah. and, and is really just fresh out of fucks to yeah. give. Like <laughs> zero. <laughs> she has so much confidence and is so aware and accepting of who she is. And yet in the beginning she's putting up with this really crappy situation where she knows that her boyfriend has cheated on her and she's sort of pretending like everything's okay when it's yeah. not. That's a really difficult balance to to sort of write. How how did you go into that character setup?
1: I think I had also not I've known, you know, women who their spouses have cheated and they've known it and they've just kind of been like, well, you know, it happens. And not necessarily being like making the steps to fix it, but just kind of ignoring it and thinking like, well, you know, I I think it's a lot of too, like what you see on TV and how like you expect these athletes um, to behave. And Mm -hmm. so like thinking like, well, is it going to get better if I leave anyways type of thing? Um, Mm -hmm. So it's just, and you know, once you've, I think, for anybody, if you invested that much time of your life into somebody, it's hard to leave. It's hard to take that step into what's to the unknown. And so it's just finally that snapping point where you're just like, you know what? I would rather be alone than unhappy. And life is too short to keep dealing with this over and over and over again. I think everybody has, no matter how forgiving you can be in the past, like everybody has like a snapping point. And I think Marley just finally hit hers.
0: Yes. And the thing that I liked about the the setup is that you in the beginning of the book, you can see how much work she does on his behalf. Yeah. You know, she yeah. puts up with these horrible women. She masterminds an entire fundraiser, allows them to treat her poorly because she's, you know, quote unquote, just a girlfriend. Yeah. And yet she has invested and committed so much energy. You can see how much she's put up with him and she really does sort of hit this point where she's like the bare minimum yeah. could have been
1: not cheating. Yeah. On me. Just like decency. Right. Yeah. And as a friend of mine says, that's the floor. Yeah, that's not even exactly. the ceiling. Exactly. it's literally the least that you could do is just not be a scumbag. Um,
0: and, and She's just like, all right, that's it. I'm done. I'm out.
1: Bye. Yeah. And I think that is too, right? Like when you know you're giving your all and they can't even do one tiny thing, like, and mm-hmm. really like, even, like, hide it well, right? Like, he just, like, had pictures. He was just everything that had happened. Um, and, like, he just didn't care. And so I think when you're putting in that much effort and you realize, like, there's no give back that you just kind of, just like, you know what? Never mind. I would just, I'm not doing it. I'm yeah. not doing it. Yeah.
0: Yep. And she she has to deal with him being unable to, to accept the consequences of his own actions.
1: I mean, I think that also is... Was- kind of one of those things that's not that hard to <laughs> write in <laughs> these books um, for like any man but I think especially for sometimes like these athletes and who have not saying this is this is where I say this is not my relationship this is not my life but a lot of times they've been coddled their whole lives and they get what yep. they want when they want it and so when they want what they want and they can't get it even though they didn't really want it it's still one of those things <laughs> Mm-hmm. that they're going to fight for anyways. It's just like, make up your mind. But they want everything. Again, yep. not my life. Not my husband. Disclaimer. <laughs> yeah.
0: I also love that Gavin is unafraid to yeah. up- call other people on their bullshit, which is not a thing that I've seen a lot of uh, male characters do who are athletes. Yeah,
1: I lo- Gavin was my... Was he fun to write? Oh, yeah. He was so dreamy. Oh, uh, it's my... <laughs> <laughs> my um one, the football boyfriend. I will so I was nervous when my like friends that were football boys read it because of the whole wicked wives thing. I was like, Oh my gosh, are they gonna be like mad at me? Um and they were just like, Oh my god, Gavin, where do I find him? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. How do I find Gavin? Um yeah, he was fun to w- write right. Um except for they were just like, He needs flaws. And I was like, But why? <laughs> he
0: doesn't need well, flaws, he has a truck it. and he drives her <laughs> <around Yeah>. away.
1: <laughs> he drives a pickup truck and <laughs> Like it's um, so I was like finding like the flaws was like a harder thing for me to do. I was just like, can't he just be perfect? Like, not what we just need? Doesn't he just need to be perfect? And they're just like, no. And I was like, okay, fine. Um, <laughs> you insist. Um, I gonna... Yeah, I loved writing him. I loved writing all of the characters. Honestly, like I said, the wicked wives were harder to write, but it was still kind of fun to write them. Like being awful.
0: Well, you can totally see the shades of Real Housewives. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Where the, the motivations are very obvious and yet also completely silly. Yeah. Like, really, this is the hill you're dying on today? Yeah. lot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I also think that one of the aspects of, of Chris as a character is that she, Marley puts up a lot from him that she would not tolerate from one of her friends. Yeah. And she... She's sort of one of the things that happens in the book is that she realizes that her partner in her, her romantic partner should also act like her friend. Yes. It seems like
1: that's a very important element to her development as a character. Yeah, I think so. I think it's just realizing that like, when you're putting in that much work, like, think for me, it's just that her finding like life is too short to be anything but happy. And so to find like a partner who can is well-rounded like who can keep you happy on all the levels right like Mm -hmm. not just like a certain one and who will support you and especially after being in a relationship with somebody who did not at all like she just like set her standards up and so the things that she would accept from other people she was like not doing that anymore i think especially after you've not wasted but spent 10 years of your life on somebody and you're just like yeah i'm not making that mistake again ever so just Mm -hmm. like her learning from her mistakes and what she wanted in people and i think that's like a natural progression in life as well but especially after like a big breakup where really your whole life is kind of turned and also with her her friends being him without that long were his friends and like Mm -hmm. knowing that like you could really she thankfully had her you know good friends that stuck by her but when you've like given your whole life for somebody that you literally could have come out with nothing except for your parents (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to do that again.
0: It's very difficult. Yeah, I love how in the book the sign of a very good gathering for, of friends is nobody orders a salad. Yeah, no, there's like don't the, the public performance of eating, and then there's the no. I actually really want nachos right now.
1: Yeah, don't order a salad if we're going out, <laughs> and you order salad with me. I'm like, I'm probably I'm I'm going to give you crap about it because I'm not ordering salad, and then it's just you're just making me feel bad about myself. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that to me. Like, I don't want salad. I want a French fry. I want French fries with like ranch to dip them in. Like, I don't want to dip lettuce in ranch. I want like something like this. Like, when my friends go out, like we share. (laughs) Me and my friends we shared these like nachos, but they had like tater tots and like chicken, like boneless, like buffalo wings on them. And I was like, see, this is why we are friends. (laughs) i appreciate this and like we shared like macaroni and cheeses and appetizers like yes this is how we go out this is like when we go home we can eat salads i also i love the
0: contrast of marley with her friends no one orders a salad but then with the wives in the um the the women the, the wives group mm-hmm. when they eat together, everyone
1: is performing. Yes, as I was going to say, it's a performance, right? And
0: it's absolutely a performance.
1: I mean I rem- I still remember going to my husband's football games. Like I remember the first game I went to and just <laughs> Like, the from the beginning to, like, the end of his career and, like, that, like, transformation and kind of, like, realizing that people are watching you. So, like, not going in my, like, old, like, hoodie from when I visited colleges and, like, ratty tennis shoes to, like, going in, like, very nice high heels and nice purses that, like, I can't even walk in now that he doesn't play anymore. I literally am, like, selling my high heels because, like, my ankles feel like they're going to snap. Why did I do this to myself ever? Um <laughs> To like, you know, because you realize like people are watching and it is this performance of like you walking out with them and like you go in and when you're like, I think also when you're in a big group of women who might not really be friends, like you're just like, I don't want to give them any more ammunition, especially because like they're, those really will be judgy eyes. Like it's not like me imagining them. <laughs> right.
0: So at a game, you guys had your own section and you had your own sort of gathering area.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, more or less. Um there's usually, like, three or four sections that we would be spread out across. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, in, like, that same kind of group. And then there were some women who, you know, their husbands made more money that would, like, share boxes. Um, but, yeah, you're usually in, like, that same group. And they had, um, like, family rooms that you could, like, go to to, like, kind of, like, sit down in, yeah. um, which were wonderful and heated.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is very that- in Green Bay was a
1: very important thing. Yeah, in Green Bay, so they have it. They like are keeping like the integrity of like the stadium because it's so old, and so they still literally have metal bleachers with like stamps oh. like of numbers. Do you know how Ouch. cold you get if you oh sit on a metal bleacher? It just like goes through your bones. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh!
1: It's like rubbing thighs with like the strangers next to you trying to keep warm. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> let's just cuddle guys i know we don't know each other but it is cold we're gonna be good friends now. yeah yes. derek's cousin came to one of the games with us and it was a cold one and i was like i'm just gonna go to this room i'll be back and he was like he's still he's like you never came back to me like he will still bring it up to me. he's like you just left me in the cold i was like yeah, it was very cold like i'm sorry but like i'm not sorry i don't know what you expected me to do <laughs>
0: <laughs> look when it's that cold it's it's every woman for herself
1: exactly Exactly. You want to come to, to this game? You have fun. I've been to enough. I am gonna go watch it on TV inside. <laughs> <I'm> just, <gonna laughs> just stay home.
0: So, in the dedication, I have to ask you acknowledge the bra. You know who you are. Thank you for supporting me oh. always. Please tell me: is this an actual bra, or is no. this like a figurative? It's, a, it's per- like a group. That's like a mom
1: group that I'm in. We oh. call ourselves the Bra because, like, okay, the, the good. Because I was like, if you yeah. have a bra
0: recommendation and you didn't yeah. put it in the book, then I need to know. Yeah. Like I need to know
1: no it's just a group of friends they've like started with like the over the shoulder boulder holders and then we've condensed to the bra <laughs> yeah we're very classy that's a, like that yeah
0: that's a really lovely way to describe yeah. your friends yeah. the bra we're that supports them. you always yes mm-hmm. <laughs> because i feel like a good third of my instagram right now are people trying to sell me the the illusion of bras being comfortable no they're not try this bra. It's going to be comfortable. Try this bra. It's going to be weightless. Like, no, it's really not.
1: It's been so hot too. I just told my husband yesterday, I was like, if you're thinking of Christmas gifts, I would really like that. Like the boob towel sling that like holds them. So you don't get like the boob sweat. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, no, I'm really serious. You don't understand.
0: Oh no. Boob sweat is the
1: worst. Yeah. It's so bad. That's what I told my husband just last night that I wanted. So you're right. They're not comfortable. And like you, but you'd like need them. But they're yeah. awful. They're the worst. Yeah. I kinda
0: wish you did have a perfect bra recommendation, I but I love that you call your group of friends yeah. the bra. That's yeah. just wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> now I also understand that among the things that support you is is wine. Oh yeah. And that you have a wine subscription. I
1: do. <laughs> yeah. Um so I have four kids. <laughs> And I write. So
0: under, obviously you have so, wine. I totally understand.
1: Wine. Um, yeah. So it's just this um, wine of the month subscription. That, so it's just like every month they send four bottles of wine. and But to be fair, I save like two or three of them. And I have a book club with my friends, and which is mainly drinking and a little bit of books that we talk about. Um, and so I, I share the wealth of wine. <laughs> I don't just go four bottles by myself. Most of the time. Well, I mean, you can. Most of the times. There have been times where I'm just like, sorry, guys, I got to get other wine today. (laughs) It's it's a rough month.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I understand that you do unboxing videos with your youngest.
1: Yeah. um, I'm a really good mom. Oh, my goodness. Um, But she is way cuter than me. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm usually in my pajamas. And even if she is in her pajamas, she still looks adorable. And so she um, opens the box on, like, my Facebook and does the – she's like, why? And I'm like, yay! (laughs) (laughs) And we will show everybody it's pretty adorable, if I say so myself, even though I know it looks like a very questionable mom move that she is so excited about my wine. But then she, like, will also adorably, like, go to my bookshelf and, like, pick a book and be like, hey, and read this book because she knows I do it for, like, book club. (laughs) (laughs) Last month she got down – the kiss quotient and she was like okay I'm gonna read it and she's like it's about a boy and a girl and I was like you're right give me the book back don't bend the pages um, <laughs> but yeah so she um opens the box for me it's very I nice. don't know I I'm a parent of two boys they are 10 and 12
0: and um I think from my vantage point that teaching your daughter at a young age about the importance of wine and romance fiction is a very good parenting
1: Thank decision. you. Thank you. I appreciate your viewpoint and I will write that down as a defense if anybody comes at me.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can send it to me. Like there's yes. really, like I, I, I talk when I was, when my kids were really young, um, I always thought that the top of a, a, a takeout coffee container like a starbucks cup it looks a lot like a sippy cup it does because it's got the right it's, so that's yeah. mommy's sippy cup right yes well then i was given a plastic tumbler for wine but it's insulated and it has a sippy cup top like i upgraded my adult sippy cup i was so excited about this and my kids were like mom you really need to stop talking about your grown-up sippy cup uh, like, no, no
1: you don't understand that is brilliant I have my husband, so my husband now coaches um, high school football for the same high school that we met at. Um, which okay, seems, that's like,
0: seriously adorable. Of our st-
1: yeah, I was going to say it's like it just elevates it even more. <laughs> um, but so I've seen online, and so it's me with my four kids and my friends who also have like between the three of us, like coaches' wives. I'm using air quotes around that because that sounds ridiculous as well. Um, <laughs> there's ten children, like. And so there's just, like, a lot of kids. And I've seen, like, on Facebook that, like, purse that has, like, the wine spouts, right? They Yeah! Like, and I'm just like, I need to start bringing that. I <laughs> just, like, need to bring this to the games. But an adult to be cut might also be on the radar because season's just starting up, so I might need that.
0: I I asked what your, what your kids thought about the book, and they haven't read it yet. Um, but what are some of your favorite things about being a parent to your
1: children? They're just so much fun. I mean, I won't, I can't lie and say they don't drive me absolutely crazy sometimes, but they're just so much fun. Like this morning, um, I got my kids off to school and my youngest was still like, she's, I like, she's my baby. I coddle her. She still sleeps with me half the time. But so she, like I was downstairs like making tea and she came, she was like, mom, I was like, what? And she was like, don't you disappear on me again. And I was like, oh my God, you're so adorable. <laughs> you're so <laughs> cute. I'm like, okay, I won't disappear on you. And just like the fun things. Like my um, oldest daughter, she's eight and she's doing like acting classes and she loves art and she loves to read. And my son loves football and um, basketball and all these sports. And my youngest son is just, he's, I've said since he was one that he's like going to be like a fraternity like president. Like, it's just so fun watching their personalities, like how they like all came from the same two people and are so different, but like watching their interest grow and like them like take like, you know, like my son, like, even though he loves sports, like he loves to write. And I think even more so since I've been writing, like he's always writing stories and like he'll want me to like print them out for him on the computer. And like, it's just so cute. Like I just love watching them grow. And even though they fight like crazy, I was an only child. So um, sometimes I'm like, is this normal fighting? And my friends are like, yeah, that's normal. But like, when they like get along really well, like watching that, like, connection that they have is just so wonderful.
0: Isn't it? Yeah, it's the best. Now you mentioned you're an introvert. Is your husband also an introvert? No,
1: God, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, he is not. He is the biggest, most peopleist people person ever like I can't go anywhere <laughs> with him he knows somebody everywhere we go if he doesn't he will talk to somebody and I'm just like I can't um and like my daughter also my eight-year-old she is also not an introvert and I hate taking her to the store because she always makes me talk to people and it's like <laughs> repeating like giving her like glare eyes and like under my breath I'm like stranger danger stranger danger. <laughs> because she will just talk to anybody and like tell them anything and then like I have to talk to them and I hate it so much <laughs> why like, why
0: me adults, I hate it yeah
1: and like I have like this like I compliment people and like they're not like ones that I don't mean but like if, like, I am around somebody, I'm just, like, oh, my gosh, what? Like, I love your nails. And it's just, like, if I notice something that I like about somebody, then, like, I will say it. Um, oh, like, I, I like do the, the same checkout. thing. Yeah. Right? Like, I will just always say it. But, like, I have the good timing to do it as I'm walking away. And my daughter <laughs> does it as soon as we arrive. And then there's just, like, all then, like, we have to keep talking, like, throughout the entire checkout process. And I'm, like, we got to work on your timing. We have to. It's as we're leaving. Not, like, we can't talk because when I go to the grocery store with four kids like there's a lot of groceries and unnecessary Uh, items and um you were there a while yeah and me like and that checkout aisle is the worst part of the store right like they just trap you next to all of the candy and the snacks so it's like me like them like the checkout person talking to me as I'm like no 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 gum like slapping things away and I'm like, like as we're leaving you can compliment people but please just like wait. Cause I was to my husband I was like, why does she always compliment people? And I was like, Oh, like, I have like, they've made me very self-aware as well. Of, like the things that I do. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, she got that from me. But like, so and I'm just like, now just pay attention to when I do it so that you don't make me do this every day. <laughs> my son, <laughs> She told like this one woman in Walmart, we lived in Wyoming and so Walmart and Laramie. And so Walmart was like our only option of places to go. And, um, this woman was like, oh, you're so cute. She's like, thanks. I'm Harlow Martin. She's like, this is my brother, DJ Martin, but his name is really Derek Jerome Martin III. And DJ was like, Harlow! <laughs> Stop telling her everything about you. He was like so offended that she would give all of his information away to a stranger in the <laughs> section at Walmart. Yeah, it was pretty funny.
0: <laughs> TMI. <Yeah. laughs> okay. Did you name your car as well as Marley did?
1: Um, we just call it the Swagger. I drive a minivan, so it's, like, not very cool. Um, no, so we just call it the Swagger Wagon.
0: <laughs> okay, that's an excellent name. <laughs> I mean, I drive a I drive a 2004 Matrix with stickers all over it, and it's the sticker mobile because oh. we're not terribly original here. But the Swagger Wagon is a pretty great name.
1: I think that there is actually um, a, like, Toyota it has, like, a video, like, the Sienna, like, and I think, like, there's, like, a I like, don't think it's that actually creative. Like, I think if you go on YouTube and, like, Google it, there's, like, a music video for, like, Swagger Wagon for, like, a Toyota or something. Because, <laughs> like, I cried. My husband's like... When I was like, after we had like our third child, he's like, I think we need a minivan. And I was like, No, so <laughs> the last piece of me. Don't make me drive a minivan. Like I swore I would never drive a minivan, but now that I have one, I will never get rid of it. It is amazing.
0: Oh, my neighbors who have them adore them. Oh my
1: god, it's the best thing ever. I mean, I you can't even, even shut imagine everyone and everything. And you don't have to worry about them dinging other cars and they're getting out. And it is the best. They just like climb in that mother and we just go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> everybody
1: fits. Yeah, everybody fits.
0: Our first friends who bought a minivan were our friends who were trying for child number two and conceived identical triplets. Oh my God, are you kids? Okay, no. They went story. from
1: 1 to 4 <laughs> yesterday. So I spent my um my kids were sick and they gave it to me and so as I was like sick and laying in bed, I watched um on YouTube like people telling their family that they were pregnant with triplets. So that's funny that you <laughs> <enough. laughs> Like oh my that gosh. That's the kind of thing that I watched on YouTube yesterday um but <laughs> <laughs>
0: So they had to get a minivan, but not only did they have to get a minivan, but their older son was two. So they had to get a minivan
1: that could accommodate four car seats. Yeah. And so I was, this people ask me lot. if we're going to have more kids, and I'm like, well, no, because the minivan is full. We can't fit another car seat in there, and we're not moving <laughs> to a church van, so no more children. Like, <laughs> and they can't pack. go on the roof. Like yeah. There's some law. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't get like a church van. That is out of the question. So no, we cannot have any more kids. <laughs> that church man, yeah. <laughs> but imagine the, the decal you could put on the side. Yeah, of church you're band. right; it could be really good. I could like go I mean, and get like one like design, <laughs> get like a like, logo. You
0: could <laughs> bedazzle the hell out of that.
1: I oh my gosh! I've honestly thought of like bedazzling the like license plate tag, but I was just like, don't do it.
0: I don't know, I dude. There's a lot of sun in Colorado. You get a lot of sparkle. Yeah, you're right. That. That's, well, see. That sounds dangerous now.
1: Flying <laughs> <laughs> the drivers around me.
0: So the question I always ask, and I should have prepared you or given you a heads up about this <sighs> earlier. Um, do you have any books that you have read that you want to tell people about or make sure they know about?
1: Oh, gosh. I, so I've been like in the editing hole, so I don't know if I've read a ton of books lately. I um, am, Right now, I'm reading A Duke by Default by Alyssa Cole and obsessed with it. I love it so much. Um, Like everything that Alyssa Cole does, it's amazing. Um, I just, I did finish um, Kristen Ashley's new book, Wild Like the Wind, and I am a giant Kristen Ashley fan. Um, Like, it's probably a problem. I've lost multiple (laughs) days of my life reading her book. Like after I was introduced to her, like I don't think I remember anything for a month. Um, yes catching up on everything um (laughs) I have a friend
0: who discovered Kristen Ashley and told someone else and they were like oh my god I just started this book and she literally said okay see you next month yeah like bye such like a
1: back catalog like sometimes I'm like oh man I wish I would have started a few years later and then I would have had like another month to be like (laughs) packed away um but yes I just I love I love Kristen Ashley um, I was introduced to this new author, Dylan Allen. I don't think she's actually that new, but she was new to me. And I love her books. I'm trying to remember what the name of the book. that It was a series that now I cannot remember the name of.
0: Um, Thicker Than Water? Um, remember? Remember Two? Uh,
1: maybe it was Thicker Than Water. I think it was that series. Um, it was the Symbols of Love series. Ooh! so remember and um yes remember and rise and i started with the last book um which might not have been the best way to do it but it was set in ghana in africa and i had never read a book set in ghana before and i love i mean the whole book was great but like i loved that choice mm-hmm.
0: And that brings us to the end of the interview. I want to thank Alexa Martin for hanging out with me. If you would like to find out more about Alexa and her books, you can find her at alexamartinbooks.com. And she is on Instagram and on Twitter at Alexa M. Books. And I will have links to all of those places, plus the books that she talked about at the end of the episode, in the show notes at com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Wind River Lawman by Lindsay McKenna. Former Navy medic Dawson Callahan thought he left the war behind him when he settled into the wide open spaces of Wind River Valley in Wyoming. But when Sheriff Sarah Carter asks for Dawson's help with the incursion of a drug cartel into the once peaceful valley, Dawson considers it his duty to rid his new home of any threat. Wind River Lawman from best-selling author Lindsay McKenna is on sale now wherever books are sold and at kensingtonbooks.com. Each podcast episode receives a transcript compiled by Garlic Knitter. Thank you, Garlic Knitter. This week's podcast transcript is sponsored by Undue Influence by Jenny Holiday. This male-male retelling of Persuasion will appeal to Jane Austen fans but can also be enjoyed by those allergic to the 19th century. Celebrity chef Freddie Wentworth has begrudgingly returned to the town of his youth where his sister has bought a down-at-heels vineyard in a foreclosure auction. Adam Elliott is crushed that the family vineyard has been lost and heartbroken when the sale forces him to confront the biggest mistake he ever made, forsaking Freddie, his first and only love. As a young man, Adam was too easily swayed by his status-obsessed family and by his best friend, Rusty. Who thought Freddie wasn't good enough for him? This slow burn romance contains a yippy dog named Mr. Collins, wine slushies, and a serious dose of angst. For more information and a two chapter excerpt, visit slash undo influence. We have a podcast Patreon, and I would like to tell you about it, so sit tight for like 25 seconds. If you go to patreon.com slash smartbitches, you can learn more about the pledge levels starting at $1 a month, which help me keep the show going. Make sure that every episode is available to everyone. If you also join, you can be part of the group who helps me develop questions for upcoming interviews and helps me suggest guests for upcoming episodes too. So if you're curious, patreon.com slash smartbitches. Are there other ways to support the podcast? Absolutely, yes. You can leave a review wherever you listen or however you listen. You can tell a friend. You can subscribe. Whatever works. Thank you for hanging out with me each week. It's very cool to hear that you're enjoying the show. Music you're listening to is provided by Sassy Outwater. You can find her on Twitter at Sassy Outwater. This is Mark's Terrace by Pete Fairies from their album Dust, which you can find on Amazon and on iTunes and wherever you buy your funky, funky music. Now, there is a website that goes with the podcast, which I am assuming you know. This week on Smart Bitches, dun, 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 we have a really incredible and thought provoking q Q&A about portrayals of domestic violence in romance. We have everyone's favorite, Cover Snark. We have Help a Bitch Out, and a special coupon for AdamAndEve.com this week. Plus, we have reviews for new books, posts about books on sale. And more. So I hope you'll stop by and hang out with us. And now is the end of the episode. It's the part where you really, really enjoy a really, really terrible joke. Are you ready? Are you ready? 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 Here we go. Oh, I could do a drum roll on my desk here. Oh, that was cool. And nice waveform too. Okay, here we go. Uh Did you hear about the guy who got a new senior position at Old McDonald's Farm? He's the new (laughs) C-I-E-I-O. Now if you have small children, I also want to recommend two books called Punk Farm and Punk Farm on Tour uh they are a punk band at a farm who go on tour without their farmer knowing about it, but yes, they don't have a c i e i o <laughs> That joke is from Kilo Benny and um, that was just making my day. So on behalf of Alexa Martin and everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a great weekend. We will see you back here next week.